Welcome to Spotlight by Play Crate. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! A podcast that shines some light on amazing people in the baseball world. Deja vu all over again, as uh, Yogi Berra would say. Introducing your host and the founder of Play Crate, Josh Ben. Hey everybody, welcome to Spotlight, a podcast where we shed some light on people in the baseball and softball community. This could be anyone from players, coaches, entrepreneurs, and anyone who has an interesting story we can learn from. Uh, today, it, our today's guest is someone I've wanted to chat with for for years now. Um, started his company, um, which we'll get into a, a few years ago, and I've been very familiar with him. So I'm finally, you know, I'm glad we finally have this conversation. He's the president and founder of Dugout Mugs, a company that makes incredible drinkware, mugs, wine glasses, a bunch of other cool stuff, um, and more from baseball bats. Um, Randall Thompson, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so before we get into anything, I'd love if you could just give an explanation of Dugout Mugs as a company, because I gave like a really short overview, but it goes so much deeper. You guys have done so many things to Dugout Mugs that people probably don't know. So I'd love to hear just, you know, dugout mugs from your point of view. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're rolling out a new mission statement. So I might, I might stumble, uh, stumble <laughs> over this a little bit. It's, it's not in my heart and soul yet, but, uh, what, what we're attempting to do is, uh, celebrate the heroes of the baseball community by creating uniquely, uh, Oh, here we go. By creating unique baseball gifts. Something like that. Don't quote me on it yet. It's, it's, we're still in the works on it, but, uh, but yeah, what we ultimately do is we, we create really unique baseball gifts. Uh, we take the barrel of a baseball bat, convert it into a drinking mug, do the same thing with the knob of a baseball bat and we turn it into a shot glass. Um, those two are unique to us. And then we take the handle and turn it into a bottle opener that's been done for a while. Uh, but we just use our MLB license on it. And then uh, we also created uh, something called a wind up, which is a mini baseball bat wine glass. Yeah, no, I, I saw those. I thought those were super cool. Um, and I mean, just preparing for this interview, I went through your, your whole site and you guys have some, you know, not only cool products, but you know, your story is really cool too. And um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just such like an organic beginning with, with like an aha moment. So could you, could you just take us through like, what's, what's the beginning? I'm sure you've told the story a million times, but, um, you know, what was the, um, the inception of, of dugout mugs? How did it start? And it, it was in a dugout, um, in a dugout, uh, that you played across from, uh, <laughs> it, it was at Florida tech and, uh, I, I, play i signed with the toronto blue jays in 2011 after i got done playing as a senior sign i got released in 2012 so shortly after i got signed they they, they gave me the old boot and uh i kind of bounced around a little bit and then i realized i wanted to go back to baseball in some capacity so i went and started coaching at, at florida tech and uh the hitting coach slash recruiting coordinator uh he was cutting wooden baseball bats in half in the dugout creating his own sort of training tool and a bunch of loose barrels, bat barrels were lying around in the dugout. And, uh, as I was sitting there, uh, I kind of just examined one and, uh, looked it over and I thought to myself, there's, there's a, like that natural cupping to the, to the bat. Um, I said, I wonder if you keep going with that cupping and just turn it into kind of a cool drinking mug. And, and that's, that's where the idea for the dugout mug was born. The actual product didn't show up until a little bit later, but, uh, that's where the idea was birthed. 
Yeah. I mean, you guys laid this story out so nicely on, on the website and everything. So I feel like I already kind of know the answers, but like hearing it from you is, is still totally different. Um, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed on the about page was, was like, the, those, the sketch, like the original sketch, um, which like, I'm so happy that you just kept that and just took a picture of it because looking back, you must see your company now and you must look back at that picture and you'll be like, so much stuff has happened, but <laughs> there's, there's so many things that I have, it, it, why I decided to keep all sorts of like, just what would be perceived as junk. Now it's kind of in my nature. I'm kind of a, I kind of keep little piles of everything everywhere, but, uh, but in general, I have tubblewares of, of stuff, of, of drawings and thoughts and, uh, notebooks of, of thoughts. And I look back on that. And, uh, just the other day I was looking at one of the first sketches of the logo. I wanted to call it the, the club mug or yeah, the club mug, club mug company or something like that. And, and I sketched that out and I looked back on it and I was like, yeah, I'm glad I, glad I went with dugout mugs. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I have all sorts of stuff that I look back on every once in a while. Yeah, man. It's, it's so funny. Cause we do, I mean, we talked about it off the podcast. We do have very similar stories. I went to Rollins, you went to Florida tech and I pulled up, you know, a, 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 you can, you pitched a complete game. Uh, was it a shutout? I didn't even look. I was like, just no. I want to see if I got a hit. I probably, <laughs> if I didn't get a hit, I went one for four and a right. preface. It, it it was an infield hit. It was like the, the epitome of my career. So I, I love that. Like, you know, on your, on your about page, you talked about going full circle, coming back into baseball. And uh -huh. I think it's really funny that we're having this conversation years oh. later. Um, you know, yeah, so neat. much story and, and we had that history, but um, yeah, I mean, take us through the start of dugout mugs. Like what, you know, you have the pictures on your website. It looks like you had a circular saw and like a, like a heat press next to you. Like what was the first year of dugout mugs? Cause obviously you were doing this yourself. I can get into the real nitty gritty of it. it uh, I'll try to keep it at the condensed nitty gritty, but um, I moved over to St. Pete. For, I left coaching. I had this strong desire to be creative. And so I took this ad agency internship that was unpaid. And luckily for me, my sister lived about 10 minutes away from this ad agency. So I moved in with my, who's now my brother-in-law and my sister uh, for like three or four months while I tried to figure out my life on, on the ad agency side of things. Um, I was pushing tacos at night and then uh, I was a waiter at a, at a taco, taco spot. And during the day I was doing this ad agency thing and uh to keep this condensed, both just kind of fell apart at the same time. And, uh, I, I was, and then I moved into my sister's backyard, which she converted her garage into a studio apartment. And I was just kind of back there, just really just like looking at myself in the mirror saying, what the hell has your life become? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I'm blessed that I, I constantly have ideas and, uh, kind of just in this, this moment of, uh, uh I'll call it desperation because I wasn't, I wasn't in a great headspace. Didn't really, didn't really know what I was going to do. Uh, I kind of go in my back pocket and I say, you know what, turning a, a bat barrel into a mug seems like the most simplistic idea that I have. And it seems the most realistic on something that I could actually do. Um, and that was right around 2015. And I just started asking myself a whole bunch of questions. I ended up getting a job. Uh, that I worked from about 6.30 to 2.30 every day. I was driving around a paint delivery van. And every every stop, I was Googling stuff, trying to figure stuff out. And uh, 
from two 30 until whatever time, just trying to learn Shopify, learn all sorts of different things. Um, and that's kind of just how the, the foundation, the dugout mugs and how dugout mugs ultimately came to be, uh, was just that, that three o'clock to question mark hustle, uh, after driving the paint delivery van all day. Yeah, man. I mean, kind of the same thing I was doing, uh, a, I was doing personal training and I was pouring concrete and, um, and shoveling snow in the winters and doing all this stuff just so I could like carve out like six to eight hours a day um, to just learn stuff. Cause I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea how to start a company. It seems like, um, you know, the passion kind of shifted cause you were done with your baseball career at this point. Um, right. the passion kind of shifted from baseball and you're taking, you know, these years of playing baseball where you're, you're, you're lifting, you're going to the field, you're, you're training, like your, your thought is like constantly on baseball and you're just kind of shifting this. I mean, do you For think sure. you kind of took that? I mean, not just work ethic, but there's also a lot of creativity in baseball too. It's, you know, especially as a pitcher, like you were a game of chess. Um, you know, do you think that, you know, your mindset for baseball kind of carried over the same way into dugout mugs in the beginning? Yeah, I think I th so that, that, uh, that creativity, uh, it was kind of just poking at me. I, I think ultimately, uh, so one of two things, I, whenever, whenever there are like podcasts or, or, or certain types of interviews, I always say that I feel like entrepreneurs are born much like big leaguers are born. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it takes a special type of person to play in the big leagues. And then it also takes a special type of person. I'm not saying special as in like patting each of us on the back, <laughs> uh, but it, but it takes, it, it does take a, a special mindset to, 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 especially in the beginning to stick with it and, and to continue to go the, the, the resilience side of things. Yeah, sure. That translates over from baseball. Uh, the long days translate translates over from baseball as you can relate from a college baseball season standpoint, six days out of the week, 14 hour days are pretty common. Um, so we already know how to, how to work long, uh, which is a pretty big part of the equation, but just in general, I, I really do think, um, I, I was born to be an entrepreneur and, um, and I, and I truly feel that at my core, I didn't know what that necessarily meant once I got out of baseball, I always knew I had an interest of being creative. I always knew I had an interest in business concepts and learning how different things work and critically thinking, but I didn't really think that, oh, uh, that means that I should start a business, even though I wanted to, I just didn't know what that necessarily meant. So yeah, there are skills that translate over and certain things that translate, translate over from baseball. They do cross, but I do think it is even just because you have one skill set uh, within baseball, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to translate over to the business world. Yeah, no, I definitely feel like the mindset too, is like, there's just, you know, when you start off as an entrepreneur, everyone, everyone must've looked at you and said like mugs, like <laughs> really yeah. And you're like, yeah, mugs. Like, and it's, you know, bet on me, not on the product kind of thing. Sure. Uh, I saw that right away too. People are like, Josh, really baseball subscription box. That's like, what are you doing? Like mm -hmm. go, go work in finance. Like everybody. Um, but it's like having that giant ambitious goal, um, kind of like the big leagues. So like I, I was always dead set on like, I'm going to make it to the big leagues, even though Same. I'm five, eight and I can only get, you know, I, I can only get infield hits during college. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, the, the cost of not doing it is so much greater than the cost of, of doing it. You know what I mean? Cause I was like, Oh cool. If I just absolutely tank, 
I'll just continue to personal train and, and do hitting lessons until I figure out, uh, figure out what else I want to do. But, you know, it seems like you were just against that corporate culture right away. Um, which it is- didn't resonate with me. It really didn't. I, uh, and I know that's the popular thing now. Um, but we're, we're talking, we're talking 10 years ago when I'm, or nine years ago when I'm trying to get my first real job and I'm just like, I don't know, man, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. And, uh, but that's kind of the cool thing now. And, and that's, that's, uh, it's a crime to yourself, really. Like you you don't, uh, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. It's, it kind of sucks in some ways. Like, don't do it. There's, there's some, there's some senses of security that come along with not, with not doing this that sometimes I daydream about like, Oh, what if I, you know, wasn't doing this, how much easier would my life be? Um, but yeah, the, the, that's kind of the, it's the thing right now is that people want to do this and it's very rewarding. Don't get me wrong, but it's still, it's so much work and mentally, mostly it's just, it's never ending. Oh yeah. There's definitely, there's some days I'm sure you're like, you know, I'm, I'm born to do this. Entrepreneurship's amazing. But then, you know, when everything hits the fan all at once, you're like, what? <laughs> like, it's just so much <laughs> yeah. get off on the weekends, like my friends right. and not think about it on the weekend or think about it when I get up or, or think about it before I go to sleep or have like stress dreams. You know what I mean? Because something's going wrong. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it makes the the lows a little bit lower and the highs a little bit higher, I guess. But sure. um, kind of like leading into, you know, this next question, I think, you know, the, the, the starting story is something that you tell probably all the time. Like I, I saw these dugout mugs, I saw an opportunity, I left corporate culture, I started this company, and that's kind of like the zero to one, right? You, you started something from no, nothing, um, you know, you go from a zero to like a million dollar e-commerce company. And that's where like all those new entrepreneurs that's like popularized today, they're like, how can I do like a seven figure e-com business? But like, you guys are past that already. You went from zero to one already. Now you're in the one to two stage where you're scaling this up, maybe even further, but take us through like the one to two stage. Like you're past a million. You're like, the idea has product market fit. People like this. You're like, now what do we do? Because, you know, now I see you have licensed MLB stuff. You went into, you know, you went to different verticals. You have like all these different components, um, you know, wholesaling everything, but like, what does it look like to take a company from one to two? If that, if that question wasn't long enough already. <laughs> no, uh, no, I understand what you're saying. Uh, that was plenty long. I, uh, <laughs> uh, a great setup. Um, I, I would say that, uh, one, it's, you start with a decision, um, because, uh, so when I think of like starting a business, running a business, owning a business and what that brings back to me, uh, the, the risk that that's put into it, the time that's put into it, I'm not quite sure why anybody would ever do this other than to just become filthy rich. And, and maybe that, maybe that uh, people don't necessarily like talking about the money side of things, but I mean, why else be in business and why else take, take the risk and why else just break your back than the, the idea of receiving a lot of money? And, and when receiving a lot of money, you can then do a lot of good things with, with that money, of course. But it, it, for me, it all stems back to the profit side of things. Um, so there could have been a decision made that at some point in the company that well, we're good right here. There's a certain amount of income that's coming from it. Um, we, we can stay with this licensing, uh, getting the MLB licensing. There was a lot of risk that was associated with it. 
there was certain minimum guarantees that were that were associated with it that we didn't necessarily have the cash flow to cover at the time. Mm-hmm. So we were betting on this license, paying for the license essentially. Uh, but with all that said, and the kind of a long-winded answer is that going from one to two is first and foremost, just a, a decision, a shift in, the, you, you have to make the decision that you want to take it from one level to another level. And, uh, and when you make that decision, just understanding, and this is, re- this is looking back now, this is retrospect. I, I didn't know this when I, when I made that decision or when me and my business partner made the decision there's a ton of crap in between <laughs> there's a ton of crap and and uh and it all it all comes down to um really if you're a good critical thinker and sometimes not even even crazy amounts of critical thinking just thinking and just even a good googler um so <laughs> sometimes just asking yourself the right questions in that from that one to two phase um is just ultimately what gets you to the next level of things. You, you have to bring good people in. Um, but those three things, I would say, make a decision that you want to go to that next level. Number two, accept the fact that there's going to be a lot of crap in between, but there's always answers to that crap. And number three, uh, just having the right people surrounded around you um, are the three key, key parts of taking it from a, uh, one, two, two. Man, uh, well said. No, very well said. It seems like you've built just a really incredible team around you guys. I mean, it, it's the concept in the product is that kind of the easy part. It's like everyone has ideas. Everybody has ideas. Um, and then to execute on the idea and go from zero to one is really difficult. And then one to two is, is, is way more difficult. Um, you know, how did you pick the people around you? You know, what do you, what do you look for um, in building a team? Uh, so in the very, probably our second employee, uh, was somebody by the name of Luke Laura. Um, and he's not with us anymore, but, uh, in the beginning years of things, he was somebody that I coached in college ball. Uh, he was a freshman when I was there. And then years later, uh, we, we kept in contact, but then years later when he got out of college, he's like, Hey, I, you know, I have interest in this. And I'm like, well, you're great. So come on down. Um, and he started at a really low level, he started at a really low pay. And, uh, he, he was with the company for about three years and he was just, he was just critical to the growth of things. Um, kind of the, kind of the baseball mentality just kind of bled into the company of just, if it needs to get done, I'm going to get it done. Uh, if it needs to get done with excellence, it's going to get done with excellence. Um, and even more so. Uh, Chris and I, who, who's my business partner, uh, we kind of just, we've busted our ass to, to make this happen. And that, that ultimately kind of shakes down to everybody else that you bring in. And if, if they don't wear that same hat that you are, they kind of weed themselves out mm. with time anyways. So I, I think that it ultimately, uh, like all things start at the top and, uh, the, the top kind of sets the tone for, for everybody else. Uh, set, like an Indian run sets, sets the tone. <laughs> and, it, and if you can't keep up, you just drop out of the run. And, uh, and I, think, I, I think it's also a, a testament to, to Chris and I. Um, again, I guess I'm patting myself on the back, but 
Chris and I, Chris and I have really, we've, we've hustled to make this happen. And, uh, people either sink or swim and the ones that swim, they, they stick around and they end up helping us out a whole bunch. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> you deserve every pat on the back. Number one, because, <laughs> like, you know, we're all these podcasts, we talk about how'd you get from A to B, tell us about your success. Tell us about the money. Tell us about all this, but you know, you deserve the pat on the back because you've, you've gone through a lot of failures as well. And I think the failures are, are always probably always more important to highlight than the successes. Uh, Cause those are your, your, you know, your biggest learning, you know, um, events. So, you know, take us through some of your, your big failures, you know, or, or, you know, maybe a failure that was the biggest or the failure that was, um, you know, eye-opening or a failure that you learned from the most. Yeah. One of my favorite expressions, um, and it's an oversimplification to that is that shit is the best fertilizer. Uh, so it, it's just a, a simple way of saying that like hard times or crappy times help you grow. Um, and it's, uh, you know, that's, that's the, that's the mantra for baseball. So like uh, the further we get into this, the more parallels there are with business and baseball as, as they kind of just continue to show themselves. But, um, but yeah, uh, tough, tough times are always tough time, you know, but tough is, is so I tell my wife this all the time. Is it really tough? Like I can think of many other things that are actually tough. Um, and I, and I have, I have a really hard time looking at, um, looking at certain scenarios and, um, and seeing them as problems. I always, I, I always, almost always, always, I always try at least to focus on the solution of things. Um, so when I'm, when I'm thinking back on big problems, I'm just like, Oh, drawing a blank. <laughs> Trust me, there's a lot. Uh, but I almost like they almost enter into my mind and I like filter out all the negative and then I just bring out the try to think of all the all the positive side of things. You have to almost trick your mind to think like, hey man, you're good. Like don't don't worry about it. I've brainwashed myself. Um <laughs> tough times. Oh man. Uh, uh, well, anytime that you're growing like year over year, we're just growing by a ton. You, you run into staffing issues. Um, you run into um, inventory issues. Uh, um, I mean, you run into all sorts of issues. And the, I guess the important thing is just to focus on, on, the, on the solution and then just move on from it. Um, I'm trying to think of some specific idea or specific moments, but I, I'm really drawing a blank. No, that, I mean, that's probably a really good thing. I mean, for, you know, for us, um, you know, there's been, there's been tons of times I was like, but we, there might not be a plate crate next year. And then you kind of wiggle yourself out and you, and you grow and you learn from it. And, and now I just like, I feel like, you know, stuff, like you said, like <laughs> it's tough to recall, some big events because the reality is it just happens all the time. Like we have probably three <laughs> fires to put out today. Like we had three yesterday and, and kind of, I just always look at it and I'm like, what's the best course of action right now to fix the problem. And then um, how did it happen? So we can, we can make sure it doesn't happen again. But right. I mean, 
it just, it never stops. It just like never, it never stops. Cause as you grow, you, you, you have completely new problems. And, um, that's, that's how I've learned the most. Um, you know, do you think, I mean, failure is obviously like, it's, it's not a new concept that failure is essential for success, but I mean, is there anything in particular you'd like to add on to that? Because I mean, you, you and Chris have been in the weeds for like a long time. And, um, I think just talking to you guys briefly already, like you guys have this, in, you know, this, this, uh, this headspace where you're like, we're still in the weeds. We're like, we're not even close to our, our, our value or our potential yet. Not even close. Um, so, you know, what, what do you, do you have anything to add to just, you know, your failures in business and you know, how that's kind of added to your success, I guess. Yeah. I, so I, I'll, I'll break it into baseball and then business side of things In baseball. I felt like I had a much more laissez-faire attitude to things. Like when I was pitching, uh, I didn't really think overly, I, I didn't, uh, overthink mm-hmm. the, the result. So like if a catcher throw shows fastball away, I'm just going to try to throw a fastball away and then whatever, however the batter reacts to it, the batter reacts to it. I've actually found that in business, uh, uh, my ears burn a little bit more than they ever did in baseball. Uh, and I can never say that it's because I care more because I, I really cared about my baseball career. Um, uh, but there's something about business that I've had to learn. I, I, I personally have had to learn how to how to shed some of the uh, some of the uncertainty of things. I, I find myself more more worried about. Uh, I'm more anxious about the future, and that kind of affects what goes on in, in the present. Mm-hmm. And uh, being raised by who I was raised by, I I constantly analyze things. And kind of look at things like how they could go wrong. And that slows us down. Uh, it also keeps us safe, but it, but it also slows us down. So it's uh, over the, especially over the past year, uh, I've personally, uh, not speaking from like a business standpoint, I've had to, I've had to allow myself to zoom out and, and get out of the weeds and kind of look to see where things are actually going and realizing that like, uh, X amount of dollar decision or this decision or doing things this way might not necessarily yield this huge like collapse of dugout mugs. Mm-hmm. And so I think the more that I've, it, it's grip strength, really. It's, uh, you know, you, you squeeze that bad boy and you choke it, then, well, you're in trouble. But if you let go too much and it, it just flutters away, then you're in trouble. Uh, over the past couple of years with business, uh, my strength has been been too tight and I'm starting to realize that. And I would say that's a failure that maybe we haven't grown as quickly as we could possibly have grown because of my grip strength. So um, yeah, so learning, learning what that should be um, is probably a failure of mine, but, but uh, also just a, a hell of a learning experience so far. Awesome. Um, so in that awesome penny hoarder video on the site, um, I watched it a bunch of times. I thought it was, it was just fun to watch. It was fun to, to, to see what you guys have built and, and hear it in your own words. Um, but you said in the video, how this whole thing started was by creating my own big leagues. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, uh, like you, like, like you alluded to, I, uh, it was like big leagues are bust for me. Um, and, 
from from a very very young age i always envisioned myself being a big league baseball player had visions of being in fenway park um I, I had all sorts of visions, my parents being in the stands and like what, what, what my walkout song would be and just like all sorts of things. Um, and, uh, when that, when that didn't work out, um, I had a, uh, I had to pour my, my passion and my purpose and my energy into something. And, uh, that's kind of taken the shape. The dugout mugs has certainly taken the shape of that. And, um, to me, dugout mugs is 100% my opportunity uh, to create a to create a brand new big leagues uh, for myself. Yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't agree more. And same thing, I had this like dogmatic view of the world where I was like, I'm gonna be a big leaguer no matter what. Which <laughs> did did not happen. It's like, a, it's like a really, really, really incredibly tough breakup when that happens too. When you're like, all right, I gotta hang him up, like you're kind of in panic mode and you know, you, you have a lot of friends that, that have, you know, um, you know, played professional sports. It doesn't matter whether it's like hockey, football, baseball, anything. Um, you have this like super identity tie to your sport. Cause you're like the baseball guy growing up and, and like, you're like, I'm going to be in the big leagues and you're so confident you tell people. And then after like years and years and years, people kind of forget that. And they're like, Oh, uh, Randall's like still playing baseball. That's kind of cool, but whatever. Um, and you're just kind of like tied to it from an identity standpoint and 100 you know i think a lot of people have a, a a hard time going to that corporate culture like we were talking about um but yeah to see you kind of sink your teeth into dugout mugs and creating your own big leagues i think anyone you know could inspire or aspire to do that yeah uh, I, I wish i wish um people that get out of baseball i know it's incredibly tough uh no matter how it ends whether it's on your terms or on somebody else's terms i know it's incredibly tough and uh for that reason, your identity is all tied up in it. Um, and I wish, I wish there more people would take that little shift of perspective that, uh, that you can, you can create your own big leagues in, in some capacity or another. It doesn't have to be your own business, but, uh, how you look at that, how you, how you look at certain things that you're pursuing that, that is uh, big leagues ain't coming. So like that, that's your new, that's your new big leagues. And, and, and I, and I think, I think that people would be much happier, uh, if they, if they took that approach. Awesome. Um, you also said in this video that when you were in little league, you used to stand behind the mound and you said, anything is possible. Anything yeah. is possible. Yep. Anything is possible. For sure. Um, so I had like two questions to that is like, where did, where did that come from? Cause it's clearly like that came from somewhere like a, a, 11 or 12 year old doesn't just have that mentality right away. So where did it come from? And it seems like that carried you through your whole baseball career and into dugout mugs. So could you just talk a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know because uh, like I was saying earlier, my, my dad's super realistic, but it's like his realistic is pessimistic. Uh, <laughs> it's like, and so it might be an overcorrection of that um, is, is what I, is what I think. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I think I was just born a dreamer. Uh, I, I just, I kind of like when I envision my life, I envision my life, uh, being really great and having lots of nice things and being really happy and like the way that I think life should be, uh, not so, not so li limited. I, 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 I really, uh, 
years and years and years ago when I got when I got released, I started looking up the the odds of of us even being born, and the odds are incredibly unlikely. And and so to me, like I don't think life is a is like a coincidence or an accident. I think we all have we all have a purpose, um, and that purpose shouldn't be small. At least in my like, I don't. I, I, what I hate is I don't want to push this onto anybody that doesn't feel this, but I feel it. So like, if I feel it, then I should pursue it. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, anything is possible. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I, I've just always been a dreamer and it might be, it might be an overcorrection to my, to my realistic dad um, that I feel like he told me that life is a, is a certain way. And, and maybe I'm overcorrecting and, and saying, no, I, no, I don't think it is. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Man, I feel, I feel like, who I am. yeah, I feel like we just had very, very similar stories. Cause I've had, uh, you know, my, my dad's been obviously extremely supportive of play crate, but like when we first started, it's like very practical. Is it like that generation was just very practical because mm-hmm. there was no internet. There was no Shopify. There was no, there was no Google where it's like, Hey, I want to learn everything about uh, being an e-com entrepreneur. Like you, there, there just wasn't that mindset. You're like doctor, lawyer, like whatever. Um, there was just a, such like a limited viewpoint of the world. And like the American dream has definitely changed from white picket fence and uh, you know, a three bedroom house to something totally different. No doubt. Um, but uh, you know, you talk about, you know, being a dreamer and, and, you know, creativity just being such a huge part of your life. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on, you know, what does being creative mean to you? And then also, how do you build creativity into your life? Uh, creativity to me, uh, creativity comes in all sorts of shapes and forms. One that I wish I had that I don't have is musical creativity. Something that really appeals to me about the music industry and just just musicians in general. I think to myself, if I wasn't a big leaguer, I'd, I'd love to be like Eddie Vedder, just rocking out in front of like 40,000 people. <laughs> um, but uh, creativity just comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes and uh, it lives within you. Um, and, uh, and really it's so subjective. Uh, like look, look what's going on with NFTs right now to where people are selling things that are digital artworks that, I'm just looking at it and I'm just like, why, why is somebody paying that much money for that? The $65 million one. That, yeah. That, yeah. Un- unbelievable. <laughs> and like the NBA top shots, like that is, that is wild to think it's, that that exists. It's yeah. It's just so subjective. And it's just like the market kind of just, I don't know what the, I don't know what happens with the market. I don't get it, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, creativity is pretty much whatever you want it to be. Um, and ultimately, I mean, I hate to say it, but ultimately the market determines uh, the goodness or the badness of your creativity. And it's not, it's not by pure definition of things. It's just like, I don't, you know, the pet rock, I mean, it's creative in, in some, some capacities. And for some reason, the market said that, Hey, this is, this is creative. We want it. Um, but that's different from if, if it makes you feel fulfilled that you're just drawing in your studio and you hang up your photos of your drawings on your walls and, and that makes you feel good. Uh, if that makes you feel full, then, then you should do that. Um, but if you're looking at creativity from trying to monetize it, um, 
I wouldn't think about it too much. If you have an idea, just take the idea and just figure out how to put it in front of people and they'll quickly tell you whether it's a, a creative concept that people want or not. Um, and then I don't remember part two of the question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, do you build, how do you build creativity into your daily life? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever uh, played with guys that, uh, that you, uh, that, that are really just, just raking and you're like, Hey, how do you, like, how do you swing? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, I was like, how do you hit the ball better? Like I'm, <laughs> as every guy that. Uh, yeah. I, I, you're, well, in flow. you're in, you're in this flow where you're just like your confidence and your mechanics and like everything just slows down for you. And there's no, like, you're not working within like time constraints. Everything just feels like the way that it's supposed to be. You're like the best way I can describe it is just like flow. Like you're a half hour into a book and you're like, I don't know whether I'm, I'm two hours in or 20 minutes <laughs> now. You just kind of like lose that sense of time. Well, let's so that's the, that's the thing is that like, like, that's what, that's what one person will tell you. And then the next person will say, well, I eat a, I eat a bowl of spaghetti every day before, <laughs> before I hit. And that helps me hit. I, it, creativity is one of the things that I was just blessed with, uh, with, uh, the ability to be creative. Um, I just see things and then it just pops in my head. Um, the best way I've ever heard it ex explained, I didn't take very much away from college. Um, but I did take this away that I think, I think it makes a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, if you're trying to be creative is listen to yourself think. Um, so I, I, uh, I don't remember what professor told, said that, but at one point the professor said, if you ever, if you ever want to, uh, create products and get rich, listen to yourself think. And, and, um, I kind of agree with that. Like as you're, as you're kind of going about your daily life and you're doing certain things, um, if you tap into uh, your internal dialogue and you kind of just listen to yourself, uh, a lot of interesting stuff goes on in that internal dialogue that, uh, that you might not realize. Um, and then you'll ask yourself a lot of questions and those questions will ultimately, if you allow yourself, they'll, they'll lead to answers. And uh, those answers could potentially be something creative that, that people might want. Cool. Yeah. I've never heard it from that, that viewpoint before. So I'm glad, <laughs> glad I asked that question. Cause that could be a new, a new tool in the, uh, in the toolkit. Yeah. Uh, I got one more question for you and then I have some rapid fire questions and then we can wrap up. Okay. Um, but you know, we talked a lot about, uh, I mean, just like a, a pretty big gamut of things, but what's next, what's next for dugout mugs. What do you see on the horizon? We have a product coming out at the, it's, it's going to be either right before Father's Day or right after Father's Day. We'll, we'll, I'm not quite sure if I had to, if I had to bet on it, it'd probably be after Father's Day. But I think, I think this product is um, by far the best product that we've, we've ever come out with. And I think it's going to change a whole lot for the company um, in a good, in a, in a great way. Um, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave a little cliffhanger there, but uh <laughs> But just keep, yeah, just keep your eyes out, out for it because I really think it's just going to, um, and, and I'll put this out into existence, you know, I'm a dreamer, but I think in perpetuity, I think for the, for the light, like a dugout mug. Yeah. I live till I'm a hundred years old. Uh, but I think that as long as baseball is around a dugout mug has the potential or anybody that's making something that looks like a dugout mug 
has the potential to, to live as long as baseball's around. Um, this, this product that we're going to re release right around Father's Day, um, uh, me being the dreamer, I think in perpetuity, it has a chance of being a billion-dollar product. Um, so uh, I'll put that out in the existence and in the universe. I haven't told anybody that other than my wife, so here we are. <laughs> Um, I, I am on the edge of my seat right now. I'm like, I really, I, I really want to know. Um, so I'll just, you know, once we, once we turn record off, I'll just, I'll just harp on you for it. Yeah. Uh, twist, twist my arm. I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, dude, that's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear about it and, and, uh, and, and see what happens with it. So it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to preface that with, I know nothing about what you're talking about. It just sounds, it sounds like it's such a great idea and it, and, uh, you listen to some of those thoughts that were coming up into your head. Um, yeah. but yeah, so let's go into some rapid fire. Um, I always say with rapid fire, take, take your time. It's you, like, you don't have to answer quickly. It, it might lead us in a different direction. Uh, but the first one is if you can give yourself, if you can give your 16 year old self advice, what would it be? Uh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. All, all things aren't that big of a deal. Um, and your, your, your path, uh, as, as long as you have faith in uh, what's going on in the, in the current moment is ultimately setting you up for bitter, better and bigger things in the future. Just keep, keep the faith of things is, is what I would tell my 16 year old self. And yeah, I mean, couldn't, couldn't have been said better. Um, what's something you've changed your mind on in the past year? Oh, shoot. Something I've changed my mind on in the past year. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty hard headed. Uh, <laughs> as of as of recently. Uh, I've, I've realized that craft beer might not be best for my stomach. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I used to, I used to drink nothing but Miller light. And then, uh, and then I moved to St. Pete. I don't, uh, you went to Rollins. I don't know if you ever went over to St. Pete where Eckerd was. Um, yep. and they got, uh, and I lived there for however many years and there was, uh, five or six years and there was just breweries everywhere. And it's just like impossible for me not to fall in love with craft beer. And then I crossed the 30 mark and it just feels like every time I drink a craft beer now, it's just not, not sitting, sitting well in my stomach. So I would say the thing that I changed my mind on in the past year is craft beer is probably not a good choice. <laughs> Which is probably a tough call owning a, a mug company. I know it. <laughs> that is your, you are at events. I'm sure you guys have awesome office parties owning a mug company because you get to put stuff in the mugs, but that must be a tough call. I mean, maybe run some extra miles or something. <laughs> well, not only the shape of the belly, but just also the, <laughs> the internal, I mean, your stomach is your second mind. And when I start, when I start drinking these craft beers, it just gets me churning. It just gets me feeling strange, but probably too much information for the, for, for rapid fire here. But yeah, it's, craft beer is maybe not the best choice. Now we, we dig deep on this podcast. We get to <laughs> else gets we, we want to know what everyone's microbiome looks like <laughs> uh, what's uh what's the best advice anyone's ever given you mm, my dad uh like as much as as much as my as much as my dad's a realistic dude uh and uh his his shortcomings 
I love, I love the, the, uh, I don't know what you would call this, a parable. I don't know, but it's just, a I love the idea of, uh, two guys grow up with an alcoholic dad. Uh, one guy ends up being an alcoholic. The other ends up being a pastor. And when you ask both of those guys, why they are the way that they are, they both have the same answer of saying, are you kidding me? Look at my dad. I love, I love that. And, uh, what, what I love about my dad is, is his, his outlook on certain things has caused me to look at things in a certain way for the good and the bad. He's, he's taught me lessons, uh, through what I believe to be the wrong way of doing things versus the right way of doing things as well. Um, but the, the best advice that he's ever given me raising me is to never quit. Mm. Um, and it's really, it's, it's a really simple, I mean, it's about as simple as it gets, but he would never let me just, if I had a season that I didn't like the coach or what, whatever the, the scenario was, uh, he would make sure that I saw something through before I decided that it wasn't, wasn't for me anymore. So best advice I've ever gotten in my life is just the, the persistence of my dad saying, no, you're not going to quit. Don't quit. You don't, you don't quit. Wow. Um, last question. If you had a billboard potentially reach billions of people, tons of people, you probably heard this question before. I haven't. Um, but I always love the answers that I get. Um, can't have anything to do with dug up mugs or anything commercial. Um, what would your billboard say? Keep the faith. It's my, it's, it's my life's motto. Uh, that I, um, yeah, I would say keep the faith. I, I, I think people need that. I, I think that, uh, uh, I, I really do think whenever you harness in and, and realize that all the things that are going on in your life right now are ultimately just setting you up for, for really great things in the future. I, I 100% believe that in my heart. And I think that if people 100% bought into that, uh, it would change their whole entire perspective on life. So keep the faith is what my billboard would say. Amazing. Randall Thompson, thank you so much um, for being on, taking the time. Like I just, you know, the, the podcast is fun, but just getting to know you a little bit better um, has just been really great. Um, I'm glad we got to connect finally. I feel like we've come full circle from, from Rollins and, and Florida Tech. Um, you know, where can people learn more about you and about dugout mugs? Where can they follow you? Yeah, the best best place to check out Dugout Mugs is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all at Dugout Mugs, um, and then I'm on I'm on LinkedIn as Randall Thompson um, personally. Uh, we're on LinkedIn as well, and Dugout Mugs as well. Awesome, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. Keep yeah, the faith. <laughs> keep the faith. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to Spotlight by Play Crane. And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, take care.